Suppose you get a large cut on your arm. Your first reaction is going to be to stop it from getting worse, usually by putting your hand over it and protecting that wound so that it doesn't get worse. Then if it's bad enough, you might have to go see a doctor. You might need stitches. So suppose you go to the doctor, you're holding your wound and you get to the doctor and he says, well, what's wrong? You say, well, I cut my arm. You say, well, can I see it? Nope. Well, I have to see the wound so I know what to do about it. There you go. That's good enough. But I can't treat the wound until I know the extent of the wound. So I need to actually examine the wound with my hands. Well, you can see, but you can't touch. No, I have to be able to examine the extent of it. Sight isn't enough to know. I need to be able to see if there's any fragments left from what caused the wound. I need to be able to see if there's any infection developing before I sew you up. And so the doctor has to prod the wound before he can properly heal it. Today in the gospel, Jesus says to the one leper that comes back to thank him, your faith has made you well. Part of the goal of the gift of faith is to make us well, to heal us, to make us whole again. The call to holiness as a Christian, the word holiness has the same root as health. To be holy is to be whole, to be healthy as a human being, mind, body, and soul together. That when we come to Christ in faith, one of the ways that we describe Jesus in our tradition is the divine physician. That he is the one that is to bring health to us completely. That it's through faith that we believe we find the fulfillment of what it means to be human, to be alive. The church describes it in this way. She says, the truth is that only in the mystery of the incarnate word, Jesus, does the mystery of man, you, take on light. Christ fully reveals man to man himself and makes his supreme calling clear. What are they saying? It is only in encountering Jesus that the mystery of our existence becomes clear. That took, it is impossible for us to even fully understand ourselves, let alone all of creation. That it's Jesus who actually reveals to us the truth of who we are and of who we are called to be. That that isn't the result completely and entirely of self-discovery. That's part of it. But we will never find wholeness, we will never find holiness only by self-discovery. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. By faith, we are made well. In our Catholic life, we have two sacraments of healing. With the sacrament of the sick, if you've never witnessed it or you've never received it, this is the prayer for the anointing, the one that mirrors the prayer of consecration when the sacrament is administered. These are the words of the priest, says the person's name, and then through this holy anointing, 
May the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up. That is the grace given through that sacrament of the sick. Why? Because when you are suffering in body or in mind, it wants to divide you, right? When you are suffering in body or in mind, it opposes itself to your soul. You start to doubt God. You have fear and anxiety that come from that illness. What happens when you are sick? You are set apart from the community that you are a part of, either in the hospital or locked up in your room. This prayer of faith is intended to make you whole in that moment. Or just think about the last prayer that we pray before coming up to receive Holy Communion. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And where do those words come from? They come from the gospel. When the centurion comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus is taken aback by his faith and his servant is healed in that instant. Part of the effect, the consequence of faith is to be healed, to be made whole, to come to the fullness of what it means to be human and to be alive. One of the experiences that I've had in priesthood that will likely be etched in my memory for the rest of my life was when I was at the Basilica. There was this old German couple. They were both in their late 80s. And I knew them for a couple of years, for the first two years of my priesthood there. And in my, I believe it was my third year, the husband died. And so I had the blessing of celebrating his funeral. And then it was almost exactly a year later, his wife of more than 60 years, who was obviously not the same person for the year that she was without her husband, she had a massive heart attack. And so the family called me to the hospital to come and give her the last rites because by the time I got to the hospital, it was such a massive heart attack. There was so much damage to her heart there was nothing that they could do. And so it was just making her comfortable until she died. And so I got into her hospital room and her four kids were around her bed. And as soon as I walked in the room, this little five foot nothing German lady, get out, I need to talk to father. So obediently the four children left the room and it was just me and her in her hospital bed. And so, she had her last confession. I gave her the sacrament of the sick. And then her immediate response after we were done celebrating the sacraments was a huge smile on her face and tears in her eyes and tears in my eyes. And she said, Father, I'm going to see Bernie. She was whole. In that moment of suffering, what brings most people fear. She knew very well that she was not, e not even hours away from death. I'm whole. I'm healthy. Despite her failing body. Faith is intended to heal us. But we don't heal ourselves. Just like when you get to the wound, you can't heal that wound. You need to go see a doctor. 
And what happens if we try to heal ourselves? Well, we go around life with basically a man cold. You know what a man cold is? Man cold is the man who gets sick and walks around feeling sorry for himself and won't let anybody take care of him. That's a man cold. If you try to heal yourself, you will go through life with a man cold, feeling sorry for yourself, for all of your problems, and you won't let anybody help you. We don't heal ourselves. We aren't made whole by ourselves. It's the way we're made. God made us that way, right? There's the cliched saying that you have a God-shaped hole in your heart. What does that mean? You're not whole until you are in union with God and union with others, in communion with each other. We're healed through encounter. But we live in a world that promotes and encourages self-creation. That I do this by my own efforts, that my desires, my will, make me into the man or the woman that I want to become. But inadvertently, what happens if that drives your thoughts, words, and actions, you're never open to being recreated. Recreation comes through the encounter with the other. You can think of it through the experience of being struck by beauty. If you've ever had that experience of kind of being overwhelmed by beauty, maybe it's the middle of the summer where you're driving and you see the vast yellow canola fields that just seem to go on without end. Or if you've ever had the opportunity to climb a mountain and stand and look out at the infinite mountain range and realize how tiny you are in all of creation. Or maybe it was the time that you looked at your firstborn child for the first time and were overwhelmed by the beauty of their life. What happens in that moment? When you are overwhelmed by beauty, it rattles you a little bit. It shakes you because it's so much. It's like you're incapable of taking in everything that is coming at you. It's sensory overload. But at the same time, because it's an experience of beauty, there's an experience of peace at the same time. And I think one of the ways that we kind of capture that sentiment is maybe when a mother or father are looking at their newborn child might say something like, all is right in the world, right? Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed in the world. Everything is just as messed up as it was five seconds before, but through that encounter with beauty, everything makes sense. You are made whole in that moment. Faith is supposed to shake us. It has to shake us because it has to shift what we think we need, what we think we want. And that's what happens with Naaman in our first reading today. We get the tail end of the story, but if you remember what happens before, Naaman is a king from a foreign land and he has leprosy that is leading him towards death. And so he asks all the sages and doctors within his own kingdom for a way to remedy this because He's going to die, and also it's not very becoming for a king to be falling apart, literally, before his people. They don't have any answers. So finally, he hears about this prophet Elisha from this foreign land, 
It says, well, go and ask him. I'm out open to any possible remedy to this. So Elisha sends back, says, come to the Jordan in my land, not in your land, the Jordan River in my land, and wash yourself seven times. And Naaman's like, why would I do that? I have better rivers in my own kingdom. They're cleaner and bigger and wider. Why would I walk all the way to your land to wash myself in that muddy river? And so he resists. But then he finally gets desperate enough that he goes. And then that's where we pick up today in the first reading, that he does wash himself seven times and he's healed. He had to have his perspective shifted. He had to be shaken by the experience of God in the way that the prophet Elisha brought it to him because where his mind was made sense to him, but it's not what he needed. We have to let faith shake us because it has to reorient our life. Again, you could go back to an experience like the German lady, but where you come out of it, where it doesn't lead to death. Right? Somebody who has a near-death experience gives them a new lease on life, and you see the way that that shifts their perspective, their priorities. Or maybe you or someone you know, usually we've seen somebody who, the moment that they become a father or a mother, it's like they become a new person. That just the reality for them that I am now responsible for another life actually radically shifts what they want and what they know they need in their life. That's the effect faith is intended to have. That's what Jesus wants for us through the gift of faith, so that we are made whole, so that when we know our faith, it doesn't change the circumstances of our life, but all is right in the world when we have that gift of faith. Now the problem is, that when we are wounded and we need to be healed in mind, body, or soul, our reaction is to protect the wound and to not let anybody else in. And the same happens with God. That we don't want Him to heal us. We think we do, but we resist. Because sometimes it feels better to just protect the wound than to go through the prodding and the hurt that is needed to actually be healed properly. Or sometimes the sickness is under the surface and hasn't yet been perceived by us, and we need to be willing to let God tell us, you're sick. So, what's the consolation in that? because of our fear of not wanting our life to be shaken, we'd rather be comfortable, and we don't want our wounds prodded at, we want to protect them. To me, this, what we hear from St. Paul today, is one of the most consoling passages in Scripture. When he says, if you deny him, he will deny you. But if you are unfaithful, he remains faithful, because he cannot deny himself. If we deny the physician, there's nothing he can do. If you don't go see the doctor, the doctor can't come running after you and say, let me help you, let me help you. It doesn't work. But 
if you are unfaithful, I don't know how unfaithful, but it seems like you could be as unfaithful as you want, Christ remains faithful. He remains willing to heal you, no matter how unfaithful you are, because he cannot deny himself. Because you are each here having received the gift of his faith, the gift of his spirit. And he will never deny that gift that he has given to you from the moment of your baptism. And so even if we are unfaithful to that gift in the way that we live our life, if we avoid allowing faith to shake us, if we avoid allowing our wounds to be prodded and healed by God, Christ remains faithful. That's the consolation. So, when we go back to the questions, does your faith in Christ make your life better? Or does your faith bring you greater fulfillment in your life? Does your faith make you whole? If it doesn't, maybe there's some healing that's needed in your life.